Hey, Heartbreakers, welcome back to another Breakdown bonus episode. I'm back again with Amy from New Perspectives. We're gonna be talking about self-esteem, which I feel like comes up so much in this podcast and on the episodes. And so I'm really excited that we get to hash this out again. Thanks so much for coming back, Amy. Thanks for having me back, Abby. Glad to be here. Perfect, so let's just get right into it. So uh, something that we had talked about on the main episode that I put out this week, and it was kind of like this weird, I don't know if I wanna call it a revelation, but as we we were talking about self-esteem and some of just the self-hatred that we have as people, I was kind of like, why are humans so inclined to hate ourselves rather than lean into like self-love? Oh man, I feel like that's such a good question. I feel like the brain is just kind of targeted or naturally goes to the negative. You know, if you think about it, like I sometimes think about our facial expressions, unless we naturally, and there are some people who are just super smiley, they naturally smile, they always have a bright face. But if you naturally just catch yourself passing by a mirror, our face just looks kind of down, right? And I think the brain is the same way. It just naturally goes to the negative. So we have to work at conditioning it to the positive. So I'm not even sure that it's a flaw in us. I think it's just a part of the human condition. No, exactly. I mean, I I do the same thing where I'll catch myself in these Zoom interviews. And I'm like, wow, I look really pissed off. And I'm like, okay, smile. Half of my interviewing for um, like the the main episodes that I put out, yes, it's a lot of active listening and making sure that the story is getting told the right way, but a lot of it just making sure that like I'm reacting, not just be deadpan, because that's what I do all the time. We talked a little bit in this main episode about the, the person that I interviewed really struggled with her weight. And I think a lot of the women that I interviewed that kind of have that similar experience with struggling with their appearance and maybe it's their weight. A lot of their partners tend to kind of prey on that. Can you talk a little bit about what that might look like in a toxic relationship, like how a partner might try and tear you down to make themselves feel better? Well, it's kind of, we talked about this a little bit before, but it's sort of like, you know, that is a definite red flag. If we're with somebody in a close relationship and they're tearing us down, that's not good for our mental health. It's not good for our self-worth. It's not good for our self-esteem. So generally, if people are already low in their self-esteem, that is when they're probably going to tear their partners down in their self-esteem because they can't handle being lower than their partner. So like most of us want to raise up the people that we care about and then, then that makes us feel elevated too. But I feel like if you already have a low self-esteem or self-worth, then you can't really do that for your partner. So kind of how it looks is some of the things that we are pretty familiar with, like gaslighting, blaming and shaming, not taking accountability, making everything the other person's fault, um, anything that they might say or do, twisting the words, making it mean something that the person didn't mean. There's a lot of things like that. And then once we start receiving that, it's like we start questioning ourselves, like, is there, maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe I didn't say that right. Maybe I am not a good communicator. Maybe, maybe I'm not really worthy of this relationship. Maybe my partner's right. I mean, look how, what are you saying or what she's saying? Maybe it's really true. And so it's all those kind of things that just make us question ourselves, make us question our value, our worth, and it can come out through so many ways. Oh, absolutely. And gaslighting is something, it's like the equation I've been trying to solve on a lot of these breakdown bonus episodes. How do you even identify gaslighting? And like, that's the hardest thing because like the whole point of gaslighting is to know that you're not, that like it's not happening to you so that you think you're the crazy one. 
Yeah, it's so hard. I, sometimes it's like this self-awareness. If we can do it in the moment, which is hard to be like, I absolutely did not mean what he or she is telling me they think I meant and really stay convicted within our own value and worth and really be able to say, that's their problem. They're trying to make this my problem, but it absolutely is not my problem. But that takes a lot in the moment, especially if it's been a little bit of a pattern that we've experienced in our lives, even prior to this relationship, or if it's been a pattern in this relationship. And there's a big part of us that wants the relationship. Maybe there might be a part of us that feels like we need this relationship. So we don't want to jeopardize it. So we just might go along with it. Okay, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. And then we diminish our own value in the process. And it's just not good. But yeah, that equation, figuring that out, it's like, if you feel like this is unfair or you're being spoken of unfairly, your instinct is probably right. Unless we're gaslighting the person on the same talking, you know, which we can do. There can be toxicity both ways. But generally speaking, if we're not and we feel like we're being mistreated, we really need to pay attention to that. How would you even go about communicating that with someone who's trying to gaslight you? Because they're saying like they're painting a picture of what you're doing one way and you're trying to like communicate that that's not what's going on. How do you even address that with someone who's trying to gaslight you? It's hard because if we if we go to the you statements like you always say that or why are you saying that? And we use the word why it puts them on the defensive all automatically and it kind of gives them more ammunition against us. See, you're blaming me again. This is, and we don't want that. So it really, if we can do it from I statements, like, I don't understand where this is coming from. I don't understand why you took what I said that way or why you took what I did that way. Help me understand. Their reaction and their response is going to let us know if this is even worth the conversation or if they just have it in their mind that they really need to put us in our place and they don't really have any opening for oh, maybe I misunderstood, sorry. Like if there's no apology, if there's no opportunity for discussion, there again is another red flag. Do we really want that? And even more importantly, do we deserve that? I hope the answer to that is I don't deserve that. I know, and it's so hard to tell yourself that because I mean, we just talked about a couple of minutes ago, like we're so inclined to just dive into like self-hatred, especially if we have low self-esteem. And sometimes I feel like that's easier to pinpoint in ourselves if like there's something that we can attach it to. Like if you're somebody who's maybe struggled with how with like having self-confidence in their appearance, it's easy to be like it, it would be easy, I think, to backtrack and be like, maybe I'm not thinking I deserve this relationship because I've always been insecure about how I look. How would you even identify if maybe there was self-esteem issues or self-worth problems? If there wasn't maybe something tangible that you could pinpoint, how would you recognize that in yourself? And I don't know if this is fully accurate. This is kind of how I've understood. Like, I feel like there's like a little bit of a difference between self-worth and self-esteem. You can have self-worth, but then you can be involved in something and you didn't do a great job and your self-esteem can go down, but you still know you're, you still know you're a valuable person, right? Like if we're doing this podcast and, and it doesn't go well, and I feel like I did a crappy job talking with you and gave you absolutely nothing of value, my self-esteem would probably go down. But my self-worth, if it is in more inherent, it's more internal, I'm not going to lose my self-worth because of it, but my self-esteem may go down and I'm going to have to rebuild that. So like, Self-esteem is kind of more, I feel like, attached to the externals like you're talking about, like the tangibles. So it's a little bit of a distinction if we can make it in our minds that it's possible for my self-esteem to fluctuate, but that doesn't mean my self-worth has to fluctuate also. They're different. And so, yeah, this, you know, this person is making me feel bad. This person is external to me. So now my self-esteem is low, 
but I'm still a good person. I still have values. I still have passion and purpose. I still want to make a difference in the world. All that is my internal worth that this person really should not impact, but they might be impacting my self-esteem, the external, now my opinion about myself in this scenario. Does that make any sense? That's how I distinguish it, but I don't know if that makes sense. No, 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 that was perfect. And let me be the first to say of all the people who are going to be DMing me after this, like you provide so much worth and content for this. Thank you again for coming on. Just as like a little mid podcast reassurance. Thank you for pointing out the distinction because I think it's very easy. And I say this because when I sent you sort of like the outline, I was kind of like using self-esteem and self-worth very interchangeably because I'm like, what really is the difference? Like I either feel good about myself or I don't feel good about myself. Self-esteem is the perfect way to pinpoint this episode because when the infidelity was caught in the main episode that I put out, she was like, all right, bye. And to me, that's somebody that is able to identify the fact that they're worth more than that. And she actually, it's it was a really cute ending. She talked about how she got like worthy um, tattooed on her wrist to like remind herself of that. But a lot of stories that I have, I feel like people stay in these relationships maybe because they have a low sense of self-worth. And from what I gather, I feel like that's a lot harder to build up than rather than just putting on some makeup and feeling good about yourself or doing really good at work and feeling good about your accomplishments. Can you talk a little bit about how somebody would go about starting to rebuild their sense of self-worth if that's something that they're struggling with? And that's really important because it's like building ourselves from the inside out. And I do think in kind of what you just touched on, like makeup or what how we dress, a lot of times we try to build our self-worth from the outside in and it works to a point, but it doesn't always last. So yeah, so those building blocks are internal in my view. So some of the things, and these are the things that we talked about this before, these are some of the things that sound kind of cheesy. They don't sound like they're relevant. They don't sound like we buy into them, but that's because we've bought into them in the negative. So like we've bought into a lot of negative self-talk, a lot of negative messaging from other people. We've bought into a lot of things that bring our worth our internal sense of worth down. And the only reason that internal sense of worth is down is because we have bought into those things. So then we can change that and it does take a little time, but not as much as you would think. We can change that by beginning to rebuild from different messaging, positive self statements, the affirmations that we talked about last time that don't have to be, I'm super one, I'm strong, I'm courageous, but can literally be what I am, who I am, and then augment from there. And then kind of just really taking inventory, like why do I feel so low about myself? Chances are it's conditioned from messages from others, coaches, teachers, parents, siblings, friends, boyfriends, girlfriends. It's conditioned from experiences that we've had. We want to decondition and then recondition. It's just like if you go to the gym, nobody gets the six pack of abs. Everybody's like, I want a six pack of abs. And I'm like, you already have it. It's just not conditioned. We all have the six pack, but many of us don't have it very well conditioned because that's the natural state. We have to work out of it, but it's already there. We just have to build it. So I think those affirmations, those self-statements, not comparing ourselves to other people, when we start to do that, we have to remind ourselves, we don't know the full picture of that person. We know what we're comparing to, but we have no idea what else is there that is irrelevant to us. What's relevant is building our worth from within, 
boundaries, acknowledging our accomplishments, when we start to get low on ourselves, think back to what we've accomplished, then we may already minimize that because it was a year ago, five years ago, whatever, doesn't matter. If I accomplished it, that is mine. Nobody can take that from me. I did it, build on that, acknowledge it, embrace it, and go from there. So it's really about just building that up, pouring from the bottom, filling all the way up. No, it's a beautiful way of putting that. How would somebody in a relationship, if somebody's like struggling with their self-worth and maybe they don't recognize that that's something that is something that they might, a muscle that they might need to work on a little bit, how might that person behave in a relationship if it's not healthy? Like, are there any maybe self-sabotaging things that they might do? Like, what are some tangible things that they could identify that if they're listening, they're like, oh, wait. I do that. I might need to flex that muscle a little bit. That's so good. And it's kind of a weird thing, like, because there's opposite things that might happen based on our personality. So like some of, sometimes we might become more clingy, more possessive, um, a little more controlling, you know, asking those questions like, where were you? Where are you? Who was that? Who are you texting? Like a lot of those kind of clingy, possessive, controlling things. We could also be the opposite, depending on our personality, be more detached more aloof, not very connected, more apathetic, just not really invested because we don't really maybe feel we have the value to to invest or that we're worthy of the investment. Um, we might be more of a doormat and let those you know negative behaviors from our partner come toward us and we might just take them and let them walk on us. Or we might be a little more aggressive, starting fights, picking fights for no reason, you know, picking little details out and harping and hyper-focusing on those. So if you see any of those things, part of that might just be kind of our personality, but if it's not really serving ourselves well first or the relationship well, that's those are some things to look for because healthier relationships are more mutual, they're more respectful based, they're more trusting based. So a lot of the things that I mentioned are either a distrust of the other person or a distrust of ourselves. Distrust in ourselves in what way? Like, I don't trust that I'll handle this well, so I'm just not gonna get involved. Or I don't trust that I can survive without this person in my life, so I'm just gonna have to cling on. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. And and just really control every aspect. So not trusting that we are capable and that we are able to handle ourselves, live our lives with strength and confidence. And that can come out aggressively or can come out passively. We just talked about it from if somebody is listening and they might want to work on their self-worth. We've seen it from that standpoint. Let's say I'm in a relationship with somebody. How might I identify that person 
that that person might be struggling with their own sense of self-worth. Similar to what we've kind of mentioned, I guess, like, you know, if again, if they are doing things that are hurtful and you mentioned a good word, sabotage, like you said, self-sabotage. So if if they're doing some self-sabotaging things and they're trying to connect us to them like that, where maybe they're making threats about their own safety or their own wellness, or maybe they're threatening us or they're threatening the relationship, any kind, anything that resembles sabotage can be one way of that. And I think that sabotage piece is really critical because if we are feeling well, if we are feeling whole, if we are feeling confident, strong, um, you know, healthy, we're not going to default to sabotage. And we're probably not going to even think about it as an option. When we are feeling insecure, when we are feeling fearful, worried, um, unsure, uncertain, if this person loves me or if I can actually handle this, that's when sabotage may come in. And sabotage can, there's a whole spectrum of what sabotage can look like. So that, uh, when you said that word, that I think that really kind of hits it on the head for a lot of things. Like if sabotage is in the picture, then somebody's probably struggling with their self-esteem, whether it's the partner or you or both. Well, I'm the queen of self-sabotage. So that can come up in so many different things for me, especially, uh-huh. you know, especially in like relationships. But I was reflecting on a relationship that I was in a couple of years ago where I was definitely, and maybe it came from like a sense of needing to control a situation that I wasn't in control of. But I'm like, why did I self-sabotage? Like, why was I going up against something that could have been, you know, really lovely? Like, I don't understand why we do this to ourselves. Like, where does, what is the purpose of self-sabotage? Why am I doing this to myself? Did you have, when you were asking that, and not, not to deflect the question, I'll come back to it, but when you, when you um, were asking yourself that, did you end up coming up with any thoughts or insights around that? Um, I think it was a mixture of things. So I was reflecting on this relationship that I knew, like I was kind of projecting. I was like six months down the line, I kind of see where this is going and I don't really like where it's going, but I was sort of not really living in that conviction where I was like, okay, I should end this. But instead of just ending it, I feel like I'm just sort of imploding it from the inside. I'm like an over communicator. So I would just kind of talk about how like, this is never going to work. And instead of just saying this is never going to work, we should break up. I would just say it. And and then he would just be like, well, now I feel like shit. And eventually it just imploded from there, essentially. That's kind of what I've led. That path has led down to me having that. Yeah. I mean, it. you know, as you're saying that, like, I feel like it takes courage to convict in that moment to stay connected to our convictions. I mean, I think that takes a lot of courage. And I think sometimes it's scary. Like, is this really the right thing that we shouldn't be together, that I should end this? Maybe I shouldn't end this. Maybe I'll just kind of start, you know, dribbling some sabotage in and see what happens and see what the response is and see if he takes it further or if he lets me push it further. Sometimes it just might be that we just aren't really sure. And there's some good in the relationship. So, I mean, if it was 100% bad, we probably wouldn't hang in there, hopefully. But if there's some good, even if the good shouldn't be enough to keep us there, might just not feel like maybe we're the bad guy if we end it. So maybe if we can just create enough implosion, it will have to end. And then it wasn't me that ended it. It was kind of the thing that ended it. I don't know. That's kind of my first thought on that. I I think it was definitely a mixture of things. And I think there was also a part of me it, it was mainly like me 
knowing that this wasn't going to go anywhere just because there was like some immaturity and lifestyle things that just weren't going to be good for me long term. But I think there was also a part of me that was sort of kind of hoping like maybe he would just step up if I was like, this isn't going to go anywhere. And like, that's not healthy. Like that, just use your words, Abby. Well, but then, and you do mention the hope piece and, we, you know, there are that there are those situations where we are hopeful. We do. If there's a potential that something could get better, some of us do want to just see if it can get better and we want to stick it out. But then that's where we need to start looking at pattern. Like, okay, I've, I've, I've looked at this. I've kind of waited it out. We've tried some things. Things really aren't any better. I need to make a decision at this point, not for him or her, not for the relationship, but at this point now, it's for me. And that's another thing too. And that is, that takes a lot of courage, I think, sometimes to really say to ourselves, I am worth this decision. Like it is okay for me to make this decision based on what is best for me. I don't know if we're really good at being selfish like that, but I don't feel like that's selfish. I feel like that is actually self-care. Really what I like to call it is self-commitment. That is where we decide, you know what? My commitment to myself at this point in the relationship now needs to be higher than my commitment to hoping that he or she will change or get better. And that sometimes is hard to embrace because a lot of us, we don't really want to embrace the fact that we deserve that level of commitment, but we're going to give that level of commitment to someone who's not giving us a good level of commitment and hope to for the best. And that's, that's just mixed up in the brain sometimes. And we need to unmix that. That what you just said, I am worth this decision really just like scratched a nice itch in my brain because I've been thinking about that a lot with, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening now who aren't in relationships maybe have felt this way too. Whereas like, I feel like I've held myself back from shooting my shot with guys that I thought just were like so out of my league. And I have been becoming a little bit more brave where I'm like, no, like shoot your shot. I'm worth the chance of getting rejected. Like if I get rejected, I get rejected, but I'm at least worth the opportunity of presenting myself to this person. And knowing that even if it's like a bad, not the decision that I want from their side like I was still I'm still worthy of putting myself out there I love that you said that because what that says to me is I do not deserve to self-reject and if we self-reject if we reject ourselves we don't give ourselves the opportunity it is we can almost frame it in our mind and you know everything is about how we frame things in our mindset right so we can we can almost frame in our mind that I deserve to not reject myself and give myself the opportunity for acceptance or rejection. But if I reject myself first, I'm already putting myself down. What is the point of that? Mm -hmm. And I had to learn that the hard way. Whereas I kind of self-rejected myself from somebody I had a crush on for like literally like five years. And um, I think I thought that the alternative of not putting myself out there was better. And it ended up being worse because then instead of living with like the embarrassment of like, oh, I got rejected. I had to live with the regret of not putting myself out there when I had every right to put myself out there. Absolutely. Here's a here's a silly example that's not about relationships, but this literally just happened to me. We 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 ran the Peachtree Road Race the other week on Fourth of July, and we were staying at a hotel downtown just to not have to deal with all the crazy commute in early morning. And this lady stopped us as we were walking down the steps, and she was like, "Let me get your picture." And then I was like, "Okay." And so then she took our picture. And at the end of that, I was like, hey, like, do you work for the hotel? And she's like, yeah, I'm in HR. And so I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I have a lot of corporate clients. I do a lot of work for corporations with 
workshops and coaching and executive coaching. But I, I felt myself tell myself, don't ask her if they need mental wellness for their employees because that's putting yourself out there. She's just going to say no. But I was like, heck no, I'm about to run this race that I've never been done before. So I said to her, you're in HR. Do you ever bring outside people in to do corporate wellness? And she was like, oh my gosh, yes. And now I just gained a corporate client walking down the stairs to go to the Peace Street. But that is the point of, you know, we have to battle ourselves even in the exact moment. If she had told me no, what what am I out? I wouldn't have been out anything. If this person, had t- if this person had t- told you no, you wouldn't have really been out anything as long as you can tell yourself, I sh- I took my shot because I am worth that decision to take it. And you did the same thing with me and, and my coworkers. You just shot your shot. And look, here we are. Podcast number two. Yeah. Thank you for taking the shot. I appreciate Thank you for accepting the shot. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm like, I was telling Amy, I'm like, I'm shocked at how hard it is to get like mental health professionals to come on. Like I get ghosted all the time or um, not even ghosted. I just don't get replies ever. So I was like, yes. Well, I appreciate it. I love doing whatever we can. So, <laughs> one note I want to end on, just because the, the the reason why I wanted to dive into self esteem for this main episode was, or she talked mainly about one of the reasons that she even got into this relationship was she was struggling with her weight. She was four hundred pounds and kind of got into this online relationship because this was like the first time she'd ever really gotten attention from anybody. And I feel like a lot of us feel that way if we're like in an attention deficit, we're coming from like a place of scarcity. We're willing to like accept less than what we actually deserve, which is a mutual relationship based off respect and love and all the things. What I feel like you just have really good mantras. So even if it takes you like a second to think, is there like a mantra that you would give single people to tell themselves if they are coming from a place of like really wanting a relationship? What is like a mantra they could tell themselves in the mirror. Wow. The first thing that comes to my mind is if you could like literally look at yourself in the mirror, which I know it's hard for a lot of people to do and say, literally point to yourself in the mirror and be like, you are my most important relationship. Meaning like I am my most important relationship. And just let that settle in. That can almost give you chills if you allow yourself to do it because and then they could be followed up by, you are my most important relationship. Nothing is coming in between me and you. Amen to that. And I love that you said that because that's, I've been working on my relationship with myself a lot because you hang out with yourself literally all day, every day. You should you should like being around yourself. And um, the relationship that you have with you and your lifestyle there's no more fulfilling relationship. So I love that you said that. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any like final words or like mic drop moments for the general world of self-esteem and building our self-worth? Oh boy. I mean, you covered it great. I think really building ourselves from within. And if we can catch ourselves trying to get our value from external things, recognize those external things don't last, but we last. We're here now. We've all been through a ton of stuff, but we're here. Don't devalue that. Don't devalue you in that. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for coming on again. You crushed it. As always, really appreciate it. We'll have to have you on again at some point, but thank you again for all the amazing value you provided today. I appreciate it, Abby. Thank you. And thanks to all your listeners who support you and y'all just keep on going and do all the great things that you're meant to do.